the experiences that I had to actually gain, you know, from reading these pages. You know, I encourage you all as our viewers to actually read this book. It would change your life, intentional or not. There's anointing on these pages that will saturate yeah. your heart and your whole mind. Amen. Hey everyone, and thank y'all for tuning in with us again. My name is Chris Colson. I'm here with Isaiah Tooks, Kimberly Lake, and Laria Reed, and we are Four Friends in a Book. So Four Friends in a Book is our monthly podcast series where we have a discussion centered around a book that we're reading together and any relevant topics that uh, may, or relevant or current topics that may relate to that book that we're reading. So somewhat of a mixture of a book review <clears> and <throat> table talks amongst friends. So first of all, first and foremost, if you haven't already, please like, share, comment, subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Again, we would love to hear from you guys, uh, any book recommendations or topics you want us to talk about or discuss here on Four Friends in a Book podcast. So give us that feedback. We want to hear from you. So getting into it, the book for this month. So we had a very interesting book, kind of in that self-help genre mm -hmm. of reading. We, uh, we read Torrey Roberts' book, um, Wholeness. So I'll just give you a quick, I guess, summary or recap. So wholeness is about removing invisible boundaries from our lives that keep us from realizing our highest potential. So um, again, kind of in that, that self-help genre of books, but really one of those books to kind of help you um, get to a point of identifying, I guess, kind of problem areas in your life or things that may be holding you back and get into a state of wholeness. So, uh, so very good book, um, mm -hmm. very good read, and a good selection for this month. So even with that being said, what were you guys' thoughts or biggest takeaways from the book itself? Again, Wholeness by Tori Roberts. Uh, Isaiah, you want to start us off? Oh, yes, sir, I can. Um, you know, my biggest takeaway from the book was he talked about the power of forgiveness. And I had learned that, you know, forgiveness is not just for the other person, but it just for me. It allows me to move forward, you know, with my life. You know, life is just too short to be harboring over things, you know, from the past. And I even read something like a while ago to just say, like, you know, even if you forgive that person, you all don't have to be become best friends again. You just have to actually forgive them and allows you just to, you know, move forward with your life. And, you know, with Toure Roberts, he talked about in this book that the key instructions that will assist you in eliminating old hurt is the power of forgiveness. And the reason that I say old is because that sometimes we hold on to things that was just done in the past and, you know, we still hold on to them as they, if they were present. So some of our daily routines have even been defined by by the brokenness of our past and it appears normal to us. And for me, I had to normalize, normalize not letting people stay in my mind rent-free. That's, That's good. good. That's good. Mm -hmm. Actually, one, and you mentioned in the past, one of my, I guess, favorite chapters in the book was uh, Ghosts from My Past, a like Ghost of the Past. Mm -hmm. So that was a very mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> eye-opening chapter to even to realize how, how sometimes our past is really holding us back. Um, from mm -hmm. reaching our 
our destiny and then preventing us from moving to that next level. So, it's true. Uh, Kim, you wanna you wanna tackle it next? What were your thoughts uh, overall? Take away uh, from the book itself, wholeness by Torre Roberts. Well, one, I thought it was a phenomenal book. It's really mm -hmm. great. If you haven't read it, I would recommend you go out and read it, especially mm -hmm. if you're um, in a point in your life where you want to make changes or you're self-reflecting on where you are. It's a great book. My biggest takeaway from the book was when he was talking about patterns in your life. And it was big for me because I know we all have certain goals you want to reach or things we want to do. And we have unknowing, unknowing little things that kind of keep us in the same pattern to where we can't get to where we really want to be. So just really finding those patterns in your life, finding the root of them and knowing why you do certain things the way you do. And then knowing once you know what you're doing, you can change your behavior and then get to where you really want to be. So I think that was my biggest takeaway in the book is just finding your patterns in your life. That's good. Well said. Yeah. All right, Laria, you wanna you wanna jump in? <laughs> sure. Well, I love the book. I thought it was amazing. One thing that I noticed that he said with I don't know if he said he probably did. It was so it was just so power packed. But the honesty that he had with himself is what causes the change. You know, it's good to have all of these different things and you need to be whole and all that. But he was so honest with himself and he was transparent about the honesty that he had with himself, with his marriage, with codependency, with how he grew up, with the issues with his father. With all of those things, it's almost like he looked at himself in the mirror and said, I need to change this. And I don't know about y'all, but change is tough. You know, it you is, know you need to change in certain areas if you really want to be whole. But mm -hmm. it, it requires a different you and it requires work. You know, I, you see people like, you got to do the work all the time. <laughs> y'all must my life. You got to do the true. work. But he really, really was honest with himself and said, these are areas where I'm falling short. Do I want to be made whole or not? And if I do, I'm going to have to work on them. And I admire that so much about him within the book um, through all the situations that he talked about. So, Yeah, very good. Yeah, I, I agree with all you guys. It was one of those books where, you know, again, even if you aren't necessarily going through something right now, it's, it's still a good read to kind of self-reflect. Um, he, he used a lot of good uh, practical examples. He talks about his own personal life, um, growing up in California, um, mm -hmm. being shot as a teenager, yes. um, you know, childhood issues with uh, with his father. Um, you know, he like I really mentioned marriage. So he uses a lot of good real world examples to kind of identify the method of getting to a space of wholeness. So. Um, very good book. I agree. Again, mm -hmm. even if you aren't necessarily going through anything right now, <clears throat> um, it's still one of those good books to kind of help you self-reflect um, and, again, get to the root of some of the things that may be holding you back. And I think that was right. one of the things he really pointed out a lot was that asking why, um, you know, a lot as far as trying to determine why is this happening? What is the cause? What is the root of this issue? that has mm -hmm. me thinking this way and then get into that awareness and then making the adjustment. So, uh, again, I, it was a good book as well. Um, so you guys read the book again, it's talking about wholeness, you know, becoming a better person. Um, uh, did you guys yeah. gave me a new insight and new perspectives, 
um, on life or just something in general that he mentioned in the book that you kind of may not have been aware of before or something that kind of stood out differently this time um, with just reading the book itself that you guys gained any new new perspectives. Kim, you want to you want to tackle that one? Sure. Um, for me, I loved when he talked about your perceptions. So um, he gave examples about like when he was a little boy, the rejection he felt from his father, he carried that over into adulthood. So when he had interactions like with people and he felt slightly rejected or he would in certain situations, he would see rejection when it wasn't really there. And as he looked back, he saw the root of that was his father. And so we all have things from our childhood or even last year, last month that color the way we see things. Make sure you look at situations the correct way with the right perception instead of putting other things on people that it doesn't belong there. So I think that was really good. So I said, did you want to jump in there next with any new perspectives or takeaways that you may have gotten from reading the book? Um, yes. Uh, one a good takeaway that I actually got from reading the book was, you know, I learned that it's okay, you know, not to be okay. Um, this book helped me, you know, to let go of the need to, you know, just to have it all together and just to actually surrender to a process that I would, it will allow me just to go forward and lead me into a better place. And you all, you know, the hardest thing for me is to allow myself to be vulnerable. And, you know, it's just hard just to allow, you know, the help when you're just accustomed to just doing it all and you just put yourself out there, you know, just let somebody just actually help you, you know, to obtain, you know, where you want to go in life. And I know for me, you know, you know, with the vulnerability, the reason I don't like it because I actually just mask over stuff, which I need to stop actually doing. And, you know, Tore actually told me, you know, with vulnerability, it's okay, you know, not to be okay to actually be in a safe space with, safe space with someone. Yeah, that's good, brother. I actually, uh, one of the quotes I wrote from the book was, uh, none of us escapes life's breakings. And so, again, just kind of <laughs> showing that we all go through stuff through, um, throughout this life that we live, um, you know, just unexpected things, un unforeseen <laughs> events that may happen. And so, again, even what you mentioned, just being vulnerable and understanding that it's okay not to be okay. Um, right. It's just the result of a life that we live sometimes where you know mm -hmm. you don't have to always have it together That's and true. it's okay to to have those moments but then again having the tools to kind of get yourself back to where you need to be obviously in a good, mm -hmm. good space all right Ms. Reed, what you got for us what were your new perspectives <laughs> from the book well uh, mine were kind of old but new but i like the way he talked about it with the relationship piece you know we always talk about relationships on here and he talked about something that we all see is a lot of broken people looking for another person to fill whatever that hole is in their heart. And he talks about healing and how, um, and I think I mentioned it before with his ex-wife, he said that he was just very codependent and um, they ended up being together for a while. But once one person becomes whole, it's hard for the building to sort of stand within the relationship. So it's good you've gone through a breakup or you've gone through a divorce or whatever to take that time to heal yourself so that when it is time for another relationship or even a friendship or whatever, that you're completely whole. So that when you come together, I think the chapter was called two halves don't make a whole. And I thought that was just so cut and dry to the point and from somebody with experience. So I loved it. I thought that that was very 
impactful. And I love the way he talked about it. Yeah, that was good. You know, we, we've talked about that before, or even some of our other shows as far as, mm-hmm. um, you know, this this mindset of, you know, your partner or having a relationship that makes you whole, that you're not complete mm-hmm. if you do these mm-hmm. things. But again, it's, it's your responsibility to, to become a whole person and you partner with other whole people. Right. That's the that's the move. Like That's the goal mm-hmm. opposed to trying to you know, depend on someone to complete you. So that's true. That's good. I think for me, the whole perspective as far as, uh, you know, this is a continual process. Um, so right. is a one-time thing, oh, I've done this now, right. oh, now I'm good. And I don't have any, <laughs> any additional work. Uh, and I think sometimes we may get in that space, but again, life still goes on. We still mm-hmm. have new challenges. We're still faced with new things. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote a whole bunch of quotes about this book. So another one he wrote was uh, what that stood out to me was, what is it? Uh, once what was once your ceiling becomes your floor. So again, just to highlight that, you know, what was, may have been above you at one point, as you continue in your growth, your development, like that becomes you get to a point where that's beneath you now, and so you have to continue this process of you know what may have been a huge milestone or goal for you to accomplish prior to once you get there like now it's beneath you mm-hmm. but now it's something else you know ahead of you and so this is a process that we kind of continue to work at right to grow in we uh it's not just like oh I'm, I'm whole i'm good i don't have any mm-hmm. more work and so i think that was one of the things that really stood out to me that you know, we all have life circumstances we all have things from our past and it's still up to us to kind of constantly work at those things to refine, to kind of hone ourselves. So that was mm-hmm. kind of my, my biggest, my biggest takeaway as far as perspective or new perspective. That's good. Mm-hmm. So did you guys, you know, again, read the book Wholeness by Torre Roberts, Winning in Life from Inside Out. Did you guys, we talked about the good stuff and how the you know the book kind of resonated with us again it's in that self-help genre was there anything in the book that you guys disagreed with or felt like may have been lacking that you know maybe should have been included or just an ideal or a concept that he talked about that just you didn't really agree with was there anything in the book from that perspective that you guys had i didn't have anything <laughs> I thought it was well written. I thought it was very practical. I thought that um, what he talked about was something that made you think, and then it made you reflect on your life. And that's the great thing about when an author does a great job with a book, it makes you look at your yourself. Um, and I believe that he did an excellent job. It was very good. It really, I, I had never heard him before. Um, I'm new to his ministry. I'm new to hearing him or um and reading his his books so this was very refreshing for me and i thought that it was it was very good so i have no complaints at all (laughs) (laughs) and i go you know just to piggyback off l'oreal i had no complaints as well you know i I have been following his you know ministry for a while you know just reading wholeness just every chapter that i was going through like 
you know, hey, he seems like he's talking directly to me in these chapters. Mm -hmm. You know, even reading this book, it just encourages you to actually un uncover who you really are, you know, to be made whole again, to be free from jealousy and regret and from the past. This book, you know, just took me on an amazing journey. You know, I just can't say enough how, you know, he actually shared, you know, you know what he was actually going, you know, through. He was, you know, from him to be this big platform, he was very transparent, you know, what he was going with his childhood, as you all said, you know, the up and down relationship that he had with his dad, you know, I'm actually in a better place from reading wholeness and I could feel his authenticity, you know, in the words that he actually wrote. And I can't, you know, explain enough, you know, the mm -hmm. experiences that I had to actually gain, you know, from reading these pages. You know, I encourage you all as our viewers to actually read this book. It would change your life. Intentional or not, there's anointing on these pages that will saturate yeah. your heart and your whole mind. Amen. What <laughs> that was good because I was thinking it was really anointed. It's an anointed book mm -hmm. for real. It is. That's from it's from God. That's a that's a God book. It really is. True. Yeah. Yeah. For those that may not even know, so Tori Roberts is a is a pastor. Um, mm -hmm. So I, it's not too preachy, but again, he's just giving very practical advice. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I, like I said, mentioned it. There is. A lot of anointing in his words and how he's expressing and even giving that uh, you know, those his own personal um, stories behind these uh, advice that he's giving out. So I'm sorry, Kim, go ahead. No, I was just going to echo what they were saying. I thought the book was spot on. I wouldn't mm -hmm. add anything to it or take anything out of it. And I know for me, I'm going to personally go back through the book again and really like mm -hmm. take each chapter like slow really try to digest it and like really put to work and practice what he's talking about so i think the book was great and um i have no complaints about it yeah yeah hey y'all cor cor correct me if i'm wrong wasn't it like a workbook that went to the book like you could study along with it i don't know is it I so, so one of the things i was going to mention so even for the people that may not have even read the book yet so he does have a website so it's uh, okay website are you whole.com where you actually can do a wholeness test so it's a series of questions you answer these questions and it kind of gives you a, a kind of assessment of your wholeness mm -hmm. and it's actually is a good transition to our, our next topic so uh, again we're in the month of august we're just wrapping up the olympics and so read this book on wholeness and one of the big things that came out of the olympics was Simone Biles deciding to sit out on some of her activities or gymnastic activities due to her mental health and her mental mm -hmm. wellness. So there's been a lot of discussion and a lot of criticism behind her deciding to, to do this. Um, you know, people are talking about, hey, you know, this is the Olympics. You need to go represent our country. You know, you need to go just go and compete. And there also been some people that kind of, you know, are in agreement with her. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts on this whole thing as far as the criticism that she's receiving and her being, I guess, brave enough to take the stance to say, hey, I'm having issues and I know that this will, you know, could affect me and my performance and deciding to, to, to step back. Uh, Kim, you want to you wanna tackle that first? 
Well, I completely support Simone Biles. I think it's very courageous courageous what she did. Uh, when I first heard her talking about it, I didn't think twice about it. Like I heard her, I was like, oh, she's saying she can't repeat. She's having some issues. She, she needs to take time for herself. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, cool. Kudos to her. And then literally hours later on social media and then the blogs and then radio, mm -hmm. it just like blew up and way out of proportion. And I just think um, we have to remember that athletes are people too. One, they're not just there for our entertainment. And two, if she says she can't do something, we have to trust her and, and believe her when she says that. Um, I don't think she needs to put her her physical body or mental health on the line for the Olympics or to get a gold medal. And mm -hmm. I mean, the Olympics comes around every four years, yes, but people really don't be caring about the Olympics like that. Like in two weeks, nobody's right. talking about the Olympics, so it's not exactly. that big of a deal. So I think it was great that she took the time for herself. And like in the book, like Ture, it's okay not to be okay. She was saying I'm not right. okay, and um, she took that time for herself. So I completely agree with her and stand with her on that. So true. Good. Who, who wants to go next? Oh, I can. You know, I, I agree. I think this um, young lady, it was, you know, big of her, you know, to, to step away in the capacity that she actually did. She advised them that, you know, her mental state wasn't there at, um, at the point. And she didn't go into, you know, much detail, but she was like, I need, to, you know, sometimes to step away. And just like the way that the media ridiculed her, like she was actually a robot and it's, she was actually a human being to the point that she had to actually make a statement just to say that her aunt died and she just needed to take a time away. She was, you know, thousands of miles away from her family and they went on this apology tour after they found out, you know, what was going on with her. And I think for us, like Kim said, now these people are just not only athletes, but they're actually human beings with actually mm -hmm. feelings. And you know, for her, like, what if she would have got onto that beam and in the mental state that she in could have potentially hurt herself? Because even though that her body was actually at the Olympus, her mind was back with her family. So, you know, it was big of her just to step away and just to get some thoughts about, you know, what's going on. You know, you never know what could happen, you know, until you actually are in those shoes. So, you know, okay. I totally agree with her, you know, for taking the step back and you know just allow herself to you know regroup well first of all Simone Biles <laughs> owes none of us anything with all of the medals that she's gotten she's proven she's tested we know how good she is and <laughs> um <laughs> I don't I was kind of like him I was surprised I, I mean I knew when she announced it it was like oh okay well she's just gonna have to take some time off and everybody was going like, I played through my championship in football. And I'm thinking to myself, football is run to the left, hit somebody to the right. We're talking about twisting in the air, backflips. This Like, you have to have a complete mental, I mean, it's all mental. And you're by yourself. You're not on a, I mean, she's on a team, but you compete alone. So the mental toughness needed, she knows what she needs to do because she's got all the medals. I mean, so if the woman says, I can't do it, I'm like, oh, well, I mean, <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> so I just, I, I didn't understand. And I think that's kind of the problem with our culture. We'll say, you know, we've got to, we've really got to be there for people when they say they need mental health days and all this. But when they do it, we ridicule them. And it's like, I mean, what do you want? I, I mean, it's almost as if we're not satisfied until somebody dies. So we could say RIP to them, you know? So I, I just, 
I, I hate that that's happened to her, and I, I just hope that it doesn't discourage her from continuing to say if she's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so true. just say it. So, yeah, I mean, she's good with me. Like I said, most of the people who are talking about it can't do an ounce of what she can do. <laughs> she is phenomenal. She is, I mean, and most of the people talking about it don't even watch gymnastics. You don't even know what's going on. <laughs> no, don't get me started. Look, I'll be on the rant in a minute. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was the edited version. I really wanted to say some, some real stuff, but I, I let y'all have Interesting. Interesting. We're having a mini rant over here. A mini? Yeah. <laughs> Leave my girl alone. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. I think there was such a high expectation on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was awesome that she got to the point of realizing that, hey, mentally, I'm not here mm-hmm. the way I need to be. And that's having a physical impact on my performance. Right. You know, the same people that were complaining and talking about her, you know, you know pushing through and just, you know, keep your head down and, and, and you know, just, I guess, kind of working through it. You know, those people would have been, you know, very upset or sad if you know she would have done something that could have you know physically hurt her or she right. being paralyzed doing one of these stunts and again ultimately she has to live that life so that's right i don't think anyone has the the ability or even the the right to question you know someone else's uh mental state um and how mm-hmm. they feel like they should be handling things because again ultimately she has to live that life <clears throat> and live with any consequences that may have come out of her not performing well, getting injured, or whatever else may have come up of it. So, mm-hmm. and Loria, you kind of touched on a point, which is it's kind of interesting. So why do you think is mental health and wellness is such a taboo topic, um, especially in our community, but just in general, mm-hmm. why is mental health viewed as, you know, just... I'm like the boogeyman or something like, you know, you can't, really talk about <laughs> it, you can't discuss it. And then when right. someone does say something about it, you know, it, it, it's almost as if, you know, people question why they're speaking on it now, or, or you should just, know, mm-hmm. you know, just push through it and then not, you know, even be talking about this. Why do, why do you guys think that's such a, a taboo or a touchy area or sensitive area? Well, I'll say it dates back with black people, African-Americans to slavery. I mean, think about it. Your child is ripped out of your arm and you have to go on in life. You can't go to a therapist. You can't talk to nobody. You just have to keep going. So we were mentally trained, excuse me, earlier through ancestry to suck it up and keep going. You know, we had some horrible things happen to us, even with the civil rights movement. You know, if you talk to my parents and their uh, age group, they don't go to no therapy. And they've been the whites only, uh, water fountains, black. Like, it's a lot of things that happened to them that was traumatizing, but they don't talk about it. They compartmentalized their minds and they said, I'm moving on. So that's what we've come from. And so now I believe that we've got a generation that's trying to embrace it. And um, it's just going to take a while to make it normal. 
because we still have those aunties and uncles who like, you know, I go to church, tell the Lord all about it, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. But some of us need to go a little deeper <laughs> so that we can get healed. And the Bible talks about that, you know. So, yeah, that's just my my take on it, what I've noticed. Yeah, nah, that's good. That's good. Especially even, uh, like I said, we have to unlearn and relearn some of these things that we've been taught historically, mm-hmm. um, especially sure. in our community. Uh, you know, again, some of the, the situations that you know, we've been placed in have lent us to this mindset of, again, just you know, internalizing these things and not talking about them or not discussing them. Um, even you mentioned in counseling, you know, counseling is a is a is a taboo topic, especially in the black community. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't mm-hmm. go to talk to other people, you know, about our problems. But I mean, even if you're not doing that with other people, you know, or a professional, like you know, it's okay to have these moments to talk, to vent, to just have discussions with others. Um, and again, just to, to make sure that you're in a good mental space of you know, of wellness, um, and that you can have those outlets that are yeah but really quick i was going to say this too really fast chris and i'm I'm gonna shut up but i think we we have outlets they're just not healthy outlets like if you look at a lot of people they're drinking every night every weekend that's the so you have you know or over sexualized or whatever it may be you're getting you're doing that it's just not a healthy outlet so I think that we just have to realize, like, wait a minute, if that goes back to the book about being whole, you have to look at your patterns and say, what am I, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why do I eat chocolate? When I started thinking about, you know, it's that time when my father passed away, I would like just sit there and just be eating chocolate. I'm like, man, why do I want to eat chocolate so much around this time? It's like two weeks before, a week before, because mentally I'm trying to suppress. So I'm like, mm. the sweets make me feel good. I'm like, mm, you know, chocolate, chocolate, that's my thing. But um, instead of me just going and saying, you know what, I, I'm not okay. But that's what we do in our community. Instead of saying, help, somebody help me. We just overindulge in something or do something. So, wow. okay, I'm done now. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Isaiah, you want to jump in there next? Just to pick it back off of Loria, she did get some good points. I think, you know, us as a black community, you know, with our elders, they did not like to talk about mental health because they was like, whatever, whatever goes on in this house actually stays on in this house. And, you know, with black people, you know, we always want to just say, you know, we're going to pray this thing off. And, you know, as mm-hmm. the Bible says, pray without words is dead. And this is the works parts that we actually have to put into, like either seeking counseling or sometimes we even have to actually take medication. It doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. It's just a chemical imbalance to help you actually balance what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. with you and just allow you to actually function yeah. with your day-to-day things. And I think it once we allow that help and just don't use it as a, you know, crippled, like, okay, mentally something may be going on with me, but it's nothing wrong, you know, with seeking help and seeking counseling and just to help figuring out, you know, what is going on with you. And I, and I think, like, we just have to adopt that as a culture. Like, it's just okay to seek out help from, you know, a respected source. Well, there. That's good. Very good. Very, very All right. good. All right, Ken, what you what you got on this topic of uh, you know, mental health and just, uh, just uh, why being such a, a touchy subject? 
I think it goes back to what Laria was saying, especially with our community, um, <clears throat> our parents, grandparents, and older than that, they didn't have the quote unquote luxury to take mental health breaks or to think about their mental health because they just had to power through. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. a lot of times when you have to go through something tough or power through something, you get upset when other people don't have to do it. So mm -hmm. it's like, if I, if I toughed it out on something, I want you to do it too. So you can have suffered like me. So I mm -hmm. think a lot of times they look at it as being taken the easy way out or using mm -hmm. that excuse or being soft, but it's really, uh, you guys went through some traumatic stuff and you guys need healing as well. So I just think that um, it's good as now as a culture, we address mental health. It's something we talk about and it's no, like a sh the shame and everything attached to it is starting to fall away, the stigma of it. So I'm glad that, you know, I go to therapy. So my kids will see me go to therapy and hopefully they'll go and then it'll, it'll trickle down. So just mental health being important and being taken care of is something I'm happy that we're addressing now, especially as in the community. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. Yeah, I agree with all you guys. We definitely have to unlearn and relearn um, new tactics, new methods to, to make things easier. And again, just because you know, our, our parents or our grandparents or forefathers had it tough. Don't, it doesn't mean we get to stay in that same mindset. You know, we should be about making it easier um, for our generation and the generations to come. So for Friends of the Book Podcast, again, we're not just about the books. We're talking about um, relevant topics, current events. And so for this month, we read the book Wholeness. Um, and we even discussed and related that to the Olympics of going on right now with, you know, Simone Bile and even, you know, some other professional athletes that are speaking up and discussing mental health and wellness. And again, all these things that kind of get back to the space of, again, being self-aware, um, being conscious, you know, of yourself as a person and, and, and what space you're in. And again, putting in those methods and utilizing those tools to kind of better yourself. So, yeah, good talk, good, good talk, good discussion. <laughs> so look, we're actually gonna we're gonna transition right now. You know, we can get to that part of the show that I know y'all always looking forward to. Now, our favorite segment of the show, we have it each episode, which we call the rant. So, sixty seconds from one of the friends here, uninterrupted. We're not. Debating, we're not arguing, we're not contesting what's being said. It's just a time that we take where we let someone speak from their heart, whatever may be on their mind. So we're coming back to my brother Isaiah once again. He's been killing these rent. I don't know what we get. I never know what we get, but he kill them every time. So 60 seconds for my brother Isaiah starting now. Go. As the world continues to face a public health crisis, many Black Americans are facing what could be the greatest disservices in housing security. 
The federal eviction moratorium ended without a provision in sight, and that could leave millions in housing limbo. Just as joblessness caused by COVID-19 fell heavily on minorities, the coming evictions will fall heavily on people, particularly in the black and brown communities, who will face greater risk of evictions and barriers to the vaccination. People like Congresswoman Cori Bush had been protesting and sleeping outside the U.S. Capitol building for five days in protest of the expiration of the eviction moratorium through her efforts with the White House, extended the eviction moratorium for 60 days. But this only put a Band-Aid on the situation. Letting the eviction moratorium end is genuinely what I'm afraid of and what's to come next to many people that who actually actually have to use the housing authorities and it's vastly underfunded and understaffed and that isn't going to help the situation. And when you're in a position of influence and you're quiet and or obsolete on important issues, you're part of the problem too. And that's that on that. <laughs> hey, that boy killing these rents every month, every episode, giving us new information um, for you guys to go follow up on, check out. And again, we're not debating it, we're not contesting it. And it's just, it goes to show and highlight again, you know, there's so much going on um, mm -hmm. in this world and our country. And so we have to be active participants to you know, voice mm -hmm. our opinions and be the catalyst for change that we want to see. So that's it. Thank you, brother. So again, four friends in the book podcast. We give me y'all books. We give me y'all current events, relevant topics. We hear y'all friends. <laughs> so we do it every episode, and we uh, it's been a good a good thing for us. So we're actually going to transition right now. We're going to segue and, and actually introduce our book for next month. So Kim, tell them tell them about our our book coming up for next month. Our next book is The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson. So I want everybody that is listening to this to go out, get the book. If you have to get it on Audible, the library, go buy it, whatever, because we want you to read along with us. So make sure you get the book. And Isaiah, when is our next show? Hey guys, our next show will be airing September 16th. We always air every third Thursday of the month and you don't want to miss it. Loria, how can they find us? They can find us everywhere because Four Friends in a Book is everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on Instagram, Facebook. I mean, we're everywhere. Everywhere you want to be. Apple, all over any of your streaming outlets, that's where we are. So make sure that you go like us on um, YouTube. Make sure you go and like our page. Like us on Facebook. All right. That's good. That's good. So again, once again, thank you guys for tuning in and joining with us. Uh, let's continue to read, let's learn, let's grow, and let's have a discussion here on Four Friends in the Book. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.